Okay, so about Catholicism, we have promote dependence and obedience, modify behavior with rewards and punishments, things like that. Mm -hmm. My understanding of the uh, the Catholic way is as long as you confess before you die, pretty much, yeah. y you're okay and you're going to heaven, right? Yeah, which brings a lot of things into question, like the whole concept of hell, but hey. Mm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, so that that's where it stands with modified behavior with rewards and punishments. I was wondering if it's like, trying to think about how to word this. Um, with Jehovah's Witnesses, they have this system where if you break the rules, then, like, if you do some grievous thing, like if you commit adultery or something, mm -hmm. then the what happens is you're heavily ostracized. If you're not disfellowshipped, which means you, you lose your friends and family and everything, if, mm -hmm. if you're not disfellowshipped, then you at the very least lose what they call privileges, quote unquote. You're not allowed to handle the microphones at the meetings or the sound ah. system, things like that. Do you know of any types of like, are, are there steps of disciplinary action with Catholicism at all? Or is it pretty much just confess and you're fine? It's pretty much confess and you're fine, but there is the very large social aspect to mm. it. I suppose there is kind of an aspect of shunning in a very vague sense. Mm. If you commit adultery or if you commit murder or something, you'll be mm. looked at as morally questionable. Mm. But there, there isn't like, there isn't like penalties or things within the religion. You can't really be disfellowshipped. Mm. You can only like choose to not be Catholic anymore. And that's There's excommunication really, yeah. or. There's, I, I've never, I don't think it exists in itself Anymore. that, like, yeah. And I don't think, like, a priest can say, like, you are no longer part of our religion or something like that. It's mm. not, it's not really a thing. From my understanding, people have tried to get removed from the Catholic roles, like, get removed from being counted anymore or whatever. And it's, like, nearly yeah. impossible to do or just straight up impossible i assume if you're excommunicated then you're removed from the role so i imagine that that's really not very common anymore i guess right i think i think a lot of people like they don't do it officially they just kind of distance themselves from the church mm. like i've i've never like technically done anything to renounce my catholicism but i don't consider myself catholic so yeah. that covers promoting dependence and obedience modifying behavior with rewards and punishments what about dictate where yeah. and with whom you live restrict or control sexuality or control clothing and hairstyle clothing and hairstyle in catholicism catholicism is not controlled there is like uh, an encouragement for modesty but there isn't like in some religions they require the women to have long hair and skirts right. and stuff like that that's not a thing in catholicism but modesty is a thing well, as far as relationships they do encourage traditional marriage you mar a man marries a woman and a mm. woman marries a man and they encourage having children and raising those children as catholics and like propagating the religion <laughs> how do they feel about say birth control for example they encourage more like abstinence mm -hmm. for certain situations like if you're medically not prepared to have a child or something like that mm -hmm. but they do encourage heavily encourage having children still not as much okay. as they did back in the day 
like my grandmother had nine children back in the day because the priest would literally Christ. they would go to your house and say like oh you don't you're not pregnant you don't have children what's wrong like you should be bearing children like that's nuts so how long that, ago was yeah. that that was in the past like 50 60 years i guess i'd say probably the 50s and 60s yeah because my dad was born in the 60s and he's sort of in the middle of his family and he has eight siblings so it's intense okay so it is it's a yeah. lot like mormonism in that sense where they want to they want to have as many kids as they can they can i would say that they restrict or control sexuality pretty heavily is that fair to say with it sexuality in a lot of senses like hmm. it it has to be between a married couple uh, the sex before marriage is a big sin which not a lot of people do follow that nowadays right. But it's still considered a sin in the eyes of the priest and the mm. Catholics and the Pope and whatever. There okay. is the big restriction of sexuality in the sense of being gay, not being mm. straight. Like that's that's a big no in right. the eyes of the church. And what about so controlling clothing, clothing and hairstyle? You said that they they encourage modesty, but you, they don't have to like wear hijabs, for example. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like gotcha. just just cover up, but wear a mini skirt or short shorts, and don't show too much cleavage and right. stuff like that. Okay, so the next few points are regulating what and how much you eat and drink. That's I imagine that's not terribly common, but are there like dietary restrictions, like for Lent or anything like that? And and on that note, what is Lent? <laughs> Lent is pretty much. Um, it's a chosen uh, how how can i put this it's kind of a self-sacrifice of something to represent the sacrifice that jesus made for mm. us so you choose what you like to sacrifice like there are a lot of small things like people will sacrifice usually children will sacrifice like junk food mm. and sugar or sugary treats or stuff like that sure. and adults like they'll try not to drink soda but there are bigger things like trying to go to church every sunday and trying to like it, it, it's 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 not always about giving things up it's always it's also about like being a better catholic in a sense sure <laughs> sure i see yeah. so it isn't specific to like food restrictions i, I feel like there's something no. about fish or something like that uh, or maybe people i, I, I knew think... just gave up fish for lent or something i think yeah okay. there's there's yeah hmm. but uh there there is kind of a negative connotation with overconsumption of alcohol mm, not okay. consumption of course because they do consume the wine but overconsumption and alcoholism is is very frowned upon in catholicism mm. so we've got deprive you of seven to nine hours of sleep now i don't think this one is a terribly big deal with catholics i imagine but i know with jehovah's witnesses for example they make you work so much you have so much to to do and to keep up with that yeah. it leads to sleep deprivation in many cases. Is is anything like that like comparable in Catholicism? I don't know. I don't see that at all in Catholicism. Okay. Uh, if you go back a few years, there there was church was very very early in the morning, mm. and there was the concept of fasting before going to church and all of mm. that stuff. And so you could you could get some sleep deprivation if you were working on a farm or something. Mm that you had very odd work hours and you still had to go to church every Sunday or every other day or... Got it. That makes yeah. sense. What about, uh, do they exploit you financially? For example, how serious are they about like tithing and things like that? They are, uh, it's kind of a social thing, I feel. 
Hmm. It's kind of like when they they pass the kind of past the hat it's kind of a stick with a bucket on it mm. to gather change uh they pass it around and it's kind of a social thing to just put something in the bucket but they don't expect you to like put 20 dollars or whatever so it's they not like a flat 10 percent every month for example no absolutely not no okay interesting uh what about restricting leisure time and activities this kind of goes back to what we were talking about with deprivation of uh, sleep and things like that. I, I guess mm -hmm. that it, it doesn't really apply too much in, in this case, no. right? No, really it doesn't. Okay. What about requiring you to seek permission for major decisions like marriage or whatever yes. other thing? They're pretty serious about that one? That is, that's a big yes, yeah. Mm, okay. They, they really, they, they discourage marriage that is uh, like just a legal common law marriage. They kind of discourage that. Mm. You have to go through, um, I remember my sister, my sister got married, I think two or three years ago, and you have to have meetings with the priest to kind of assess your relationship and how yeah. good you are as a couple. So they kind of base, they, they won't flat out tell you like, I think you're a bad couple and you shouldn't get married. They might. Mm but they will try to like support you and support you in the ways of the church and stuff like that. Now, I guess you didn't get married in the church, so you you'll pro <laughs> probably won't have firsthand experience. Uh, I imagine you'll know a little bit about how it works. I hear yes. that when you get married or when you're trying to get married, they sit you down and, and make you sign contracts about having kids and how you'll raise them as Catholics and things like that. And it's especially... Uh, aggressive if you're trying to marry somebody who's not a Catholic. Ah, uh, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure about if you're marrying someone outside mm. of the religion, but I know that they do do that. But it's kind of um, like my sister did get married in the Catholic religion, but in a sense, it's more of a symbolic traditional thing to mm. her. So she signed those papers, but it's more like, uh, it's it's tradition. We right. we just do it because we do it. But it it does exist. They they very heavily enforce uh, raising your child your child as Catholic and going through baptism and going through all of that confirmation. What yeah, the confirmation. Yeah, that was fun. So uh, all right, so that's the end of behavior control. Next is information control. The first one we have is deliberately withhold and distort information. Then we've got forbid you from speaking with ex-members and critics. How do you feel they fall on those two points? As far as ex-members, uh, it, it probably would depend on why they are ex-members and hmm. their current feelings on the church. Like if they have very negative feelings towards Catholicism, it would probably be discouraged to interact with them in a lot of ways. So they, they do discourage interaction with, say, somebody who would call themselves an apostate, somebody who is opposed to yeah. the Catholic Church. Yes. They, they, the only thing they would encourage is probably like attempting to make them see reason, I suppose. Oh, so it's okay in to talk eyes. to them if you're trying to make them see reason. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, it, it, nobody nobody would like ban you outright from talking to them, but it would be discouraged. Is so the social kind of social shunning more than um, yes. like institutionalized. Okay, exactly. The Catholicism is very very based on social social things and how mm. you appear in society and how you appear to other people and social. It's, it's a very social. Yeah. What about? Um, withholding or distorting information mm -hmm. or discouraging access to 
sources of information outside of the church? Like, it, would it be okay to go read news articles that talk about Catholicism that aren't from the Catholic Church, for example? I'd say yes. Yeah. That's okay there to might, do. Yeah, there might again be some people that might judge you a bit socially mm. that might be like, oh, why, why are you doing this? This isn't really a good representation of the religion, but there's no outright stopping. Mm. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. What about dividing information into insider versus outsider doctrine? Like, I know that Catholicism has these beliefs about what's correct and what isn't. For example, the Trinity or, or the Hellfire teaching, things like that. How do they feel about uh, the teachings that the Trinity isn't real or that hell isn't real, for example, or any of those other things? Um, do they focus in on dividing things into insider versus outsider doctrines when you say insider doctrines it just makes me think of the vatican and the huge secrecy yeah like towards towards a lot of documentation and a lot of very simple things that are held as secret in in the catholic church mm. it's still a lot of social social discouragement like right. if you do this like socially you will look bad or you will which is still really important i don't want to discount yes. the social aspect of this it, it yeah it's still there so what about when you go to church for, or when you go to mass i guess it's called right yes when you go to mass do they have any kind of reading materials or or videos or anything like that outside of the Bible? Like Jehovah's Witnesses have the Watchtower and Awake and they have these mm -hmm. other books. Does the Catholic Church have any kind of video material that you watch or, or magazines or anything? Videos and magazines I've never seen, but they do have uh, the whole concept of, um, it's basically Sunday school. <laughs> okay, Sunday school teaching materials then, right? Indeed, yeah, and they have. I I do remember that they had like very poorly produced videos, but nothing like heavy on propaganda or nothing heavy. Okay. It was all like child, child level friendly, mm. and a lot of it is is based on just basic moral aspects, like being kind to other people and okay. not. Yeah, it's 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 based on morality a lot. I find so it's it ties into the social aspect. Okay. Use information gained in confession sessions against you. Does that happen at all? I've never heard of that happening. So if you come sure. out and confess yeah. to the priest that you've been having an affair, they won't, mm -hmm. uh, they won't, I don't spread know. It. <laughs> right, they won't spread it. But what about repercussions? Do repercussions come from it at all? Not really? Uh, there are repercussions if you have um, committed a sin or something and you mm -hmm. do seek forgiveness they'll tell you like oh uh you should pray do certain prayer a few times every night okay. as a way to repent against as penance this. as penance yeah gotcha okay they, they do have a penance yeah and i imagine there there's like a morality i was always told like jokingly as a child that you could tell the priest you killed someone and he wasn't allowed to to tell people but right. i imagine there is a legal legality there I imagine they don't gaslight to make you doubt your own memory, right? I haven't heard any instances no. of that. Okay. 
they do, though, require you to report thoughts, feelings, and activities to superiors, right? At least in the form of yes. confession. Okay. In confession, yeah. Do they encourage you to spy and report on others' misconduct? Uh, like if you hear of uh, somebody, I don't know, doing breaking some rule, maybe having an affair yeah. or something, do they encourage you to tell the priest? I, I would say yes. And okay. it's, 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 again, a very social thing. A lot of uh, small Catholic communities, they're very much rumor mills. Mm. So every little thing that happens, especially something that's questionably moral, mm. will get reported in some way and it, 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 will, it will explode. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Yeah. So that's the end of information control. On to thought control. We have yeah. instill black versus white, us versus them, and good versus evil thinking. Do, to what extent do you think they do that? There's a lot of black and white thinking. Like, you follow the teachings of the Bible or bust, pretty much. Like, okay. if, you don't, if you don't follow the many, many rules, the Ten Commandments, whatever, you have to repent for it. You mm. have to seek forgiveness. You have to, yeah. How do they feel about outsiders? Like, obviously, you can be friends and have relationships with them and things like that, right? But how do they view them? I mean, they view them as they, they believe they're going to go to hell unless they yes. get confirmed and things, right? Baptized? Yes, they do. Okay. It's, it's kind of like socially, they're obligated to be nice to you. Mm. But deep down, they're thinking like, oh, my, like this person doesn't have the same belief system. This is bad. Like mm. they're going to hell. I should I sh they, they would probably try to kind of distance themselves from that person to try not to get into that negativity, like, quote unquote, negativity, mm. I suppose. What about changing your identity or possibly even your name? They don't do that. Right. For example, no. um, Jehovah's Witnesses will call me brother morgan for example um mm -hmm. they don't do that really they don't do that unless you're talking about um uh, 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 uh what is the word uh monasteries and stuff like that mm. okay like monks monks yeah because we do uh oddly enough in my hometown it's one of the only ones in canada we have two catholic monasteries mm. one for women and one who changed names there what do like, they change remember... them to do you have an example I do. Uh, I do, actually. When I was young, we would always go to visit uh, a certain sister at the monastery, and she was Sister Emmanuel. So it was sister or brother and something highly religious, like Brother Joseph. So you said that they they changed her name to Sister Emmanuel. Is that right? What yes. was her original name? I honestly, I honestly have no idea. And that, that kind of that tells me about the secrecy of it because I knew her as a child. We'd go visit her when we were younger. Right. And I never, I've never heard her true name or her actual name. I always knew her as Sister Emmanuel. So they don't really do it in the religion generally. It's only when you go to like, when you take special when, steps up the ladder, right? Yes. Yes, when you commit yourself like very fully to God in mm. the sense of living at a monastery and the monastery life is quite restrictive as well. There's there's like restrictions on technology. Mm. There's a lot of church time and a lot of worship time and stuff like that. It's a very busy, a very busy life, actually. Can anybody do that, like join the monastery or is it like restricted to a certain subset of people or whatever? I think it would be restricted to someone who has grown up Catholic, 
Um, Interesting. My, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, one of one of the things the monasteries they do offer housing to pretty much anyone that is that needs the housing. Like if even if you're a criminal, theoretically they they will house you because if you're repentant against those things, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they will offer you a place to stay. And okay, so yeah. I would honestly just based off of what you've said. I don't think the normal member changes their identity or, or their name in any way, no. except the at monasteries, monks and, and nuns, I guess, too, right? Nuns, yeah, yeah. They do. And also they call the priest father, but I guess that's not like yes. a permanent name, right? No, usually the name of the priest is known to the community. Okay. So the next one is using loaded language and cliches to stop complex thought. Do you ever hear any loaded language or cliches? Like, trying to think of an example here. All right, uh, here's one. Loaded language for Jehovah's Witnesses or for Mormons. Mormons, a lot of the time, will say something like, Heavenly Father this or Heavenly Father that. And it seems like yeah. a simple thing, but it's it's very specific to that. I mean, they all understand. Like, when you say that, Every Mormon understands what you're saying. It, it, mm -hmm. It's like a dog whistle almost. Have you noticed any of that with Catholicism? Uh, as far as uh, cliches go, there is the cliche of you're going to hell. <laughs> Pretty okay. much anything you do, like there's there's a connotation like if you don't repent, oh, you're going to go to hell. You're going to go to hell. Right. It's a big kind of a big thing to the point that it's almost a joke. Right. It's kind of turned into a meme in the Catholic religion, actually. Actually, going to hell a bit. from my understanding, from my understanding, they instill the deepest fear of hell in people, right? Like to the Absolutely. point that it's like almost abuse to, I mean, yes. is that a fair assessment? What, what's your take on hell? <laughs> my take on hell personally is as an ex-Catholic, as a Catholic, I did believe it exists. But as an ex-Catholic with the Catholic background, I don't believe it does because of the strong idea of repentance and forgiveness. If Jesus forgives all, if God forgives all, there is no reason for hell to exist. I've heard stories of people like when they're growing up, say five, six, seven, eight years old, they have had it drilled into their heads, this fear of hell so deeply that they, yes. they live in fear of committing some sin. Did you get to that mm -hmm. point or what, what was it like for you? I wasn't necessarily fearful. I wouldn't say I had fear in the religion. I had a lot of respect for the religion. I still not necessarily respect, but I find religion very interesting. So from that point, when I was a child, I was very interested in learning more about my religion and my faith and stuff like that. The fear of hell, it, it always makes me think. I, I was hospitalized a few in 2015, actually, and my roommate in hospital was an older lady who was absolutely petrified of going to hell to the point that she would not sleep at night. She would just, she, she told the nurses that she would spend her entire nights just praying and praying and praying because she was convinced that she would go to hell if she died. And it was honestly like very, very sad. <laughs> right. So what about yeah. inducing hypnotic or trance states to indoctrinate? Is there a lot of singing? Like walk me through a standard mass when you walk in Sunday morning, what happens? There's a lot of there's a lot of singing, but nothing. Uh, it's it'll be like just general worship songs, like "Oh Jesus is this, Jesus is that, Jesus has come." And most of the time, you have the little booklet. It's 
it's not it's it's a very cheaply made booklet that'll have the song lyrics and just the prayers in it so that you can follow along but uh there is there is a lot of singing uh the regular mass you will pretty much walk in to the singing you will sit down you will le uh, kneel down to say a prayer you'll sit down and there's a lot of like the priest is like stand up sit down kneel and right. pray stand up sit down there's a lot of movement in the Catholic Church. So what is like what are the prayers like? Aren't they just kind of repeated prayers like you say the same ones over and over again or Yes. There are some that are longer like uh, I remember there's there's one certain prayer to God. I can't remember the name even in French. But it's it's really particularly long, but there are some shorter ones like uh, uh, there's a prayer to Mary that's very short that people would repeat you repeat it over and over because there's the um, the rosary right and there's the tradition of of saying one prayer for each bead of the rosary and going around the rosary right done. so with the rosary my understanding is there's the crucifix and then there are three beads above it and then yes. you're supposed to say a specific prayer for each of the three beads and then yes. you, you say a specific prayer for all of the others all of the others, I think it's usually the same prayer depending on the situation, pretty much. Okay. There's, there's now, now that I think on it, there aren't a lot of various prayers in the Catholic religion. There's only like a handful of them. And they're repeated, right? It's like the Our yes. Father prayer, the Hail Mary prayer, and yes, and others like that. Yeah, it's like I said, I I went through the Catholic motions in French, so a lot mm. of the prayer names and technical names I'm I'm lacking a little right. bit. So, do Catholics ever just pray to God without having it as a like a standard cookie cutter prayer? Like, do you ever say, "Dear God, thank you so much for this thing or that thing. Please help me." Yes. Blah blah blah. So you do do things like that? Yes, and you're. I remember being taught uh, when I was younger that a prayer can just be like looking up at the sky and just thinking about God and just thinking about just looking up and having the mm. thought that God is present and God is there and it should work as a prayer. Okay. So the next point on the bite model is teach thought stopping techniques to prevent critical thoughts. Mm. It sounds to me like some of the, the rosary and the prayer stuff is probably a thought stopping technique to prevent doubt or prevent you from going too far into a rabbit hole where you think about criticisms of the Catholic Church or of God mm. or whatever else. Does that sound right to you? Or it does, yeah. Okay. It uh, there's there's a lot of like distraction in the Catholic Church because I think they are aware of uh their more than negative reputation in society and stuff like that. So they try to kind of distract you from that and say no, like God is good and right stay. <laughs> okay. What about allowing only positive thoughts? Um, that it, it doesn't sound like that's... It sounds like maybe positive thoughts are encouraged, but it's encouraged. not like heavily enforced or anything, right? It's uh, There is the realization, I think, in Catholicism that negativity kind of exists as mm. a way to make you grow. Okay. Not Not necessarily like horrible things will happen to you, but you will have trials given to you by God in order to make you grow and understand yourself more and stuff like that. So the next one we have is use excessive meditation, singing and prayer and chanting to block thoughts. I, I think I would kind of categorize that in again with like the rosary and, and yeah. multiple other prayers, right? I wouldn't 
call it excessive, but I would say it's a lot. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Not not excessive to the point that it like it doesn't affect your daily life. Like Muslims, they have to pray at a certain time, and they have to like displace themselves to do this. But Catholicism right. doesn't really have that unless it's the church on Sunday. Okay. But um, it you can you can pretty much like be sitting on your couch and do the rosary or just say random prayers stuff are like there that. a There's certain no... number you have to do every day like do you have to pray the rosary a certain number of times like every day or every week or whatever no unless uh you've been to confession and it's an act of repentance got you okay. like you're you're kind of repenting and you're doing like say say the hill mary five times before you go to bed or stuff like that right what about rejecting rational analysis critical thinking and doubt like with jehovah's witnesses for example they don't accept evolution so they will come up with any excuse possible to reject it, to deny that it's real and, and not think critically about it. Do you see any of that? I mean, not with evolution specifically, but do you see any of that type of behavior from Catholicism? Yes, <laughs> yes I do. And there is, there is also the big evolutionary thing that Catholics don't believe in evolution at all. Interesting. Okay. Catholics don't believe they don't they believe the world is 2019 years old because Jesus created it and stuff like that. Really? That's interesting. They don't they like the big bang and dinosaurs. They they come up with ridiculous excuses to excuse the facts that we have found fossils. Like they're like, "Oh, mankind put them there to dig them out and to create like these negative ideas and stuff like that." That's that's weird, but I've I've actually heard of that belief, like mankind put the fossils there on their own. Okay. When I was younger, I heard that God put the fossils there to test our faith. Did you ever hear that one? I've heard that too. Yes, I've heard that. It's just the most fascinating justifications, and, and mm -hmm. it, that is clear rejection of rational analysis, critical thinking. Mental, mental gymnastics. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, well, that's the end of thought control, so let's take a look at emotional control and, and see what, uh, what matches on this one. The first one under yes. emotional control is instill irrational fears or phobias of questioning or leaving the group. For example, the fear that you're going to go to hell if you leave the group. Yes. What, do you, what do you think of that one? Honestly, my grandmother is 84 years old and she is not fully aware that I do not believe in the Catholic Church because if I told her, she would view me in such a different light. Mm. That's a mm -hmm. shame. What would happen? Like, what would be, like, the fallout from it? Do you think that she would, like, be really upset, or what would happen? I think I think she'd be upset. She, it wouldn't be to the point of, like, disowning me or something, but she'd be very upset if she knew that I don't believe in her version of God. Because I've, I've kind of, I still, I still do have kind of a place in my heart for the Catholic religion. So if I go to funerals or if I go to things like that, I still go through my Catholic motions and my grandmother sees that. Right. Like um, two years ago, I think I was hospitalized for surgery and I had uh, there was a visiting nun that would come on the Sundays because it was very close to Christmas. And she'd asked if like you wanted communion and you wanted to pray mm. and you could you could refuse that. Like my my roommate completely refused. She says, I'm not Catholic. And it was like, Merry Christmas, Happy mm. Holidays. But I. I actually accepted because I thought it would be a nice comfort to just mm. get communion and have a have a little chat and stuff. And my grandmother found that out and she was so happy. She's like, oh, my God, like you're 
you're into it basically so the next one we have here is label some emotions as evil worldly sinful or wrong have you seen any instances of that yes a lot of it has to do with sexuality when it comes to like homophobic thoughts like if mm. you're if you're thinking of having a relationship with someone of the same sex that's very very bad and if you're thinking of like committing adultery or stuff like that anything that's against like the big moral sins of catholic will pretty much <laughs> sure that makes sense yeah okay next one we've got is teach emotion stopping techniques to prevent anger or homesickness do they sh do they teach any kind of emotion stopping techniques to kind of control your emotions in in any way like uh, sadness or loss or anything like that a lot of it is they tell you to turn turn to god turn to prayer like if you're in doubt if you're lost for in a situation if you're lonely if you're just turn to prayer and turn to God and talk to God. They encourage okay. an open communication with God, which is a bit strange. What about promoting feelings of guilt, shame, and unworthiness? Is there any of that? Absolutely. <laughs> is it pretty strong? Uh, the Catholic guilt is strong. <laughs> mm. There's, there's like uh, even a, even one of my favorite songs has a line in it. Like I could really use to lose my Catholic conscience because I'm feeling sick of feeling guilty all the time. Mm. And it's, it's kind of a joke song, but in, in a sense, that's like, that's kind of deep. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've heard a little bit about like Catholic guilt and, and how yeah. intense it is. Do they shower you with praise and attention, AKA love bombing? Like if you, go, when you go to church, maybe for the first time, even do they just shower you with praise and love and, and super smiley and happy? Or when you come back after a while, do they do any of that? I, they'd be happy, but not not in a love bombing sense more okay. of in a hesitant they'd be a bit hesitant to accept someone back in the church but not completely closed off to it okay so there there'd be like a little sense of hesitation but they'd be happy and they'd be open to it mm. uh, ish <laughs> if you stop coming to church uh do they start like asking you questions about like hey i haven't seen you in church in a while why aren't you coming you still believe and d does any they of that happen they do, yeah, and uh, it reminded me of a TV show, uh, you've probably seen it, with Tim Allen, Home Improvement. Yeah, yeah, sure. But in an episode of Home Improvement, the middle son, Randy, decides that he doesn't want to go to church anymore, mm. and there's this big fallout with his dad and stuff, but his Were they Catholic in that, that show? They were. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, go on. They were. But his his uh, Randy's reasoning was that he doesn't have to go to church to have a relationship with God. And that that was kind of like it opened a lot of people's eyes in the sense that you can still pray and you can still follow the religion without going to church, mm. without having the big social aspect to it. I had no idea that that was in that show. Like I, I remember yeah. watching it when I was younger. I didn't realize there were Catholics and everything. Yeah, it, it does. It touches upon... That show does touch upon a few serious issues as well. Of course, just as a side note, Tim Allen turned out to be like a complete piece of shit. Have you heard about that guy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. He was always kind of like secretly a piece of shit, but yeah. now he's like fully a piece of shit. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> okay, so uh, we have three left. We've got threaten your friends and family. Now, Jehovah's Witnesses are complete pacifists. They don't believe in violence in any way, but... Unless, of course, God is committing it or one of the anointed. Yes. But anyway, they so you could say they don't threaten friends and family directly, but they do threaten them with 
like withholding friendship or with or cutting off communication or Mm -hmm. or whatever else do you see any of that type of thing from catholicism there is uh or also with uh do they shun you if you disobey or disbelieve that's the next one okay they don't i've never seen like direct shunning surprisingly catholics will try they will try to be pretty understanding it it brings me it brings me back to um the fact that my grandmother who is very very deeply catholic one of her daughters is gay and that was a very very big blow to her because socially and in the catholic religion homosexuality is such a big sin but she did she did make the effort and take the time to try and be understanding she didn't shun her completely Hmm. but she had difficulties in accepting it and she still does have difficulties with it but she doesn't shun them i guess right she continues to talk she accepts them and she accepts, uh, I don't, uh, they're not together anymore, mm. but my aunt did have a girlfriend mm, okay. and she actually accepted visits with the girlfriend and stuff like that. Well, that's she, something. She, yeah. Yeah. It's she, she, she's quite progressive for a very extreme Christian. Yeah, I know. Okay. Well, the, the final one on the list here is, do they teach that there's no happiness or peace outside the group? And to what degree do they say that you really can't? uh what enjoy life or or do you do they teach that people are miserable outside of catholicism or anything like that they they don't necessarily do teach that there's no happiness outside the group but they do enforce heavily that people outside the group are sinners and that they're Mm. going to hell and stuff like that but they they don't they don't directly say like those people are unhappy they more like say those people are immoral (laughs) got you do they ever say anything like people are only outside of religion because they want to sin? I'd say so, yeah. They're outside of the religion because they're sinful people and they want they want to continue their sinful lifestyle, I suppose. Okay, that makes sense. Really interesting discussion. That's actually the end of the bite model assessment. Yes. I'm trying to think if there were like any other questions or anything i had yeah is there anything that you can think of that you feel would should go in the video like anything that would be relevant that we didn't touch on pretty much i've pretty much covered everything that's like popped into my head during that time the big thing that i did i um like touching on was the fact that my grandmother actually has a child that is gay yeah and that is that is I find very very interesting, and the story of acceptance through that is is quite interesting. Though there's still some hesitation, mm. there is there is a lot of acceptance. One last question for you: Can you walk me through what happens at mass Sunday morning, step by step? I understand you show up. Do you like? Do you confess first? Is there a confession time before you do it, or like what what happens? You go in and then you pray, and then what? Uh, you pretty much go in and immediately you find your spot and you pray. And then there are like kind of opening remarks. Like if there's news in the community or something, the priest will mention it. Like nothing, nothing like scandalous or stuff like that. Mm. And usually it, it it varies with your age. If you're still um, a child, you will go. There's there's kind of, I, I think it depends on the church itself. But we had like a room in the back of the church where we go to get like special kind of education or we do confession and we do kind of a small version of sunday school there it was more like activity oriented to keep the children a little more more busy oh that makes sense yeah but as an adult you pretty much just go there you pray 
they will he'll he'll talk about the word of god like depending on the season like if it's around easter time he'll tell the story of easter and the story of the resurrection and stuff like that and kind of in the middle they'll do the donations and they'll do um uh they do the communion so every every ceremony you have communion that you get up in line and you walk mm. and you take the holy wafer and stuff like that and then there's more praying <laughs> okay is, it's, it's is it lot. like a weekly thing or do they do it like more than once a week or they do it every sunday but i believe there are saturday morning services mm. at the monasteries okay because i remember my grandfather being very irritated that he had to attend services twice during the weekend because my grandmother insisted so if you're close to a monastery then you can attend those services it's public yes. for for that okay just the services at the monastery are public how long are the sunday services from the moment you get there to the moment it's over I'd say about an hour. And an hour, and you usually just stick around at the end to socialize a little bit. And... Okay, I think that that's probably all I, I needed on that front. Uh, again, I appreciate you coming on and talking to me, and I'll talk to you uh, again later on, okay? Cool.